to. My message this morning is entitled, A New Wineskin. A New Wineskin. How many of you here want to be a new wineskin? Amen. Jesus, when he came to the earth, he didn't fit the mold. What was practicing religion in the time was nothing like Jesus. Even though the intentions were good, and I I believe a lot of the motives, not all of them, were good, when Jesus came, they didn't recognize God in Him. They missed their hour of visitation, many of them. Many of the greatest religious leaders of that time missed their hour of visitation. They missed the Lord. Can you imagine being a pastor or a teacher or someone that loves the Lord with all your heart and He comes and you miss it? Or you reject him because he doesn't quite fit what you expected him to be like? Well, I want you to understand that Jesus teaches about this. But what I love about Jesus is he doesn't only teach something, he shows it. He would always, he would always show us what he's teaching us in the way that he lived his life. So let's go to Mark 2 verse 13. We'll pick it up there. This story is in several of the Gospels. But in the book of Mark, there's a little bit of background that I want to share with you. It says, Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Let's stop there for a moment. This is so awesome because Levi is a tax collector and Jesus walks by him and looks at him and says, Levi, follow me. And the Bible tells us that Levi immediately drops everything and follows the Lord. He makes a decision in that moment to follow the Lord. The Bible will call you, the Lord will call you at certain times in your life. Sometimes you'll be a sinner, sometimes you'll be a tax collector, sometimes you'll be maybe walking with the Lord, but all of a sudden He gets a hold of you and you make a decision on that day that today you're going to serve Him with your whole heart. And this guy, Levi, decided that he was going to do that. What some of you may not know is Levi is the disciple Matthew. So this is Matthew, the tax collector. Jesus walks by his tax booth and says to him, follow me. And immediately he leaves everything and follows him. Now this tells us something that obviously there's no way that Jesus just walked past him. He'd never seen him or heard about him before. He obviously had heard or seen what he had already done in the community or word was getting around. And he was watching the Lord. Now, obviously, he's a tax collector. Tax collectors were rejected. Tax collectors were outcasts. They were like dogs. They were considered like the worst of the worst. And he's watching how Jesus handles people, how Jesus loves people, how different he is to the religious system, to the institute that was the religious system of that day, was completely different to this Jesus because the religious system would reject those that are unclean would reject those that are not doing things the right way, practicing things the perfect, in the perfect format, in the, perf- in the perfect way. But Jesus was different. He didn't do all of that. He was, he was just full of love, and, and he healed 
woman with issues of blood and he prayed for prostitutes and, and he ate with tax collectors. He just, he was just wrong. It just didn't fit the religious bill. It didn't fit the religious box. It just made no sense. Are you with me? So he calls this tax collector to follow him. I can imagine already just this in itself must have driven the Pharisees absolutely crazy. Like how can he tell a tax collector to follow him, to be part of his team? How crazy is this? But you see, Jesus was probably hungry because they were about to have dinner. And the Bible says in verse 14, no, verse 15, now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house, Matthew's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many. Jesus is sitting with all these sinners, with all these tax collectors. He's sitting with them and, 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 and he's fellowshipping, fellowshipping with them. And they are, I just want you to think about it. Sin is sitting with God. And while it sits with God, Love is pouring out of him. And something is busy happening to those sinners. And the Bible says this. Look at what it says. It says that there were many. Watch. And they followed him. You see, once they'd sat with Jesus, they were not the same anymore. They made a decision in that moment that they were going to follow him. You see, when, when somebody encounters the Lord, when somebody encounters Jesus, not religion, not tradition necessarily. I'm not saying there's everything wrong with tradition. Some traditions are wonderful. Religion is a great thing, but religion itself without relationship is something that is just a set of rules. And you must understand that tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners and all these kinds of people, they were unclean. They were unfit to even come to the house of the Lord. You couldn't even eat with them. You mustn't be in the same district as them. Because you're going to become unclean. They're going to pollute you with what they have. But Jesus said, listen, I'm going to pollute them with what I have. When he sat with them, that love, that presence, who he was, just permeated. It flowed out of him and it encountered them and touched them and changed them. That's what Jesus is all about. But you must understand this didn't make sense. And, 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 you, and, and don't be too quick to judge because you can't blame them. This is how they were taught. From young little boys, they were learned how to recite Scripture. And as they grew up, they were given certain rules and regulations. And this is how you must do it. And that's how you must do it. And if you can do this, then you're going to be good enough. Are you with me? Jesus comes and says, come for dinner. That's it. Just come and sit with me. A prostitute walks into a room where Jesus is. She goes at his feet and begins to weep and wash his feet. And she's forever changed. Just like that. Just one encounter with the Lord and her life is never the same again. There was no rules. There was no traditions. There was no this, do this first, do that first. You must first, do, you know, if you don't get baptized first, if you don't, none of that. And, and all of that is good. But it was the Lord that changed her. One encounter with him, going to dinner with, with, with a room full of sinners and tax collectors. And the Bible says they followed him. That means that they didn't continue where they were. They went with him. They changed. Come on, somebody, that's awesome. But while they're still at the house, something happens. Let's take a look. 
The Bible tells us, and when the scribes and Pharisees saw him, this is verse 16, eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came for the hurting, for the broken, for the lost. You know that I've been in church services where people that are not dressed appropriately get asked to leave? True story. Or someone comes in the building and they don't smell right or look right and they get asked to leave. The very place they can get healed, they get asked to leave from. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. And this is exactly what was going on back then. The, the, the Pharisees had made it so hard to serve God that the people were like, we don't want it. We can't do it. It's impossible. It's too difficult. And Jesus came and said, it's not that difficult. Just be with me. And you will change. Because I have that effect on you. Come on, that's the effect he has on us, right? <clears throat> they couldn't understand why he was sitting with sinners, why he was, and, and, and I honestly believe that in some way there must have been some conviction there because they were just neglecting those individuals. But you see, in their heart was something that's about to be revealed. Let's take a look. In verse 18, it says, The disciples of John and the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Now listen, there's nothing wrong with fasting. Fasting is good. And it's amazing how Jesus is about to respond to this. But before we read the response, I want to explain something to you. You see, in Scripture, in the Old Testament, there is only one day that the children of Israel were required to fast, and that's on the Day of Atonement. They were required by law to fast on the Day of Atonement. That was the only day. But what the Pharisees and the religious people began to do was to say, listen, you have to fast. If you don't fast, you can't be holy. If you don't fast, you can't be forgiven. This is what they began to do. They began to put laws in place to the point where most scholars believe that the Pharisees and religious leaders were fasting twice a week. Now, how they were fasting, I don't know. But we actually see this in Luke 18, verse number 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Now watch. I fast twice a week, and I give tithes of all that I possess. In other words, he's bragging about his self-righteousness and the fact that he's able to do this. He's able to actually fast twice a week. The Pharisees come to Jesus and say to Jesus, listen, why are your disciples not doing this? But what's happening is, is that Jesus is trying to break all the tradition 
everything that's been placed on individuals. He's trying to break it off them. Remember, his yoke is not heavy and it's not difficult to carry. Are you with me? (laughs) So let's go back and take a look at what Jesus says. Mark 2, let's pick it up in verse 19. Mark 2, 19. Before I read this, the Pharisees made it so difficult for people And they have to do this, and they have to fast twice a week, and they have to do this, and they have to do that. And that wasn't Jesus' requirement. And Jesus is trying to break that off. And he's trying to tell you that something's happening that you might not understand, but you need to be ready for it. So he makes this statement. He explains to them what's going on, verse 19. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom, while the bridegroom is with them, Can they fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. You must understand, he was referring to his disciples because that was the question. Why? Even John, even John understood how important it was to be fasting twice a week. But your disciples don't fast at all. And he's saying, listen, the purpose for fasting is mourning, is crying out to God. Why should they mourn? I'm with them. The bridegroom is with them. Who's the bridegroom? He's the bridegroom of the bride. Who's the bride? You are the bride. And who are the friends of the bridegroom? The disciples who were going to carry the message. And when Jesus died on the cross, trust me, there was a lot of fasting. There was a lot of mourning. There was a lot of crying out that began to take place. After he died, they all dispersed and, 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 and ran away and were in absolute torment and sorrow. And trust me, fasting took place. Jesus didn't say that fasting is wrong, but he said, listen, fasting must come from here. Giving must come from here. Right? Amen. But they began to make it difficult. They began to say, if you don't do it this way, you're not righteous. If you don't do it this way, you're not going to be made whole. If you don't do it this way, you're not clean. And they missed the Messiah. They missed him. The day would come when the bridegroom would be taken away. And then the friends of the bridegroom would be the ones that would have to manifest and show him to everybody. Well, we could preach a whole sermon right there. All right, let's carry on. Mark 2, verse 21. And now he's about to explain to us a parable. He begins in the other gospels. It tells you that he's going to share a parable. He shares two. Watch this. Mark 2, 21. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old and tear and the tear is made worse. What he's saying is, listen, if you have an old garment, an old piece of clothing, and you get a tear in that clothing, if you take brand new clothing and you put it on and you patch it up, once it gets washed, that new piece will shrink and it will actually tear again. So there's no point in putting new cloth on an old garment. He goes on and gives another example. He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts and the wineskins, uh, bursts burst the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put 
into new wineskins. New wine must be put into new wineskins. Now, let me explain how it worked. Wineskins in those days is where they kept the wine. And what would happen was they would take the hides of animals like sheep, primarily sheep, oxen, and others as well. And those hides would be very, very, they would be able to expand. They were kind of rubbery. And when a new wine skin, when a new skin came to you, you could put the wine inside it. New wine, fresh wine, and fresh wine, new wine would ferment. And as that wine would ferment, so the wine skin would expand and it would be able to hold that new wine. Jesus is saying, listen, you can't put that new wine into an old wine skin because the old wine skin becomes brittle. And if you put that new wine into that old wine skin, what happens is it, because it's brittle, it cracks and that new wine pours out. What happens when the new wine's put into the old wine skin? It cracks and it's wasted. So what he's saying is you can't put new wine, you can't put it into old wineskins. You can't do it. Are you with me? You see, when Jesus came, he didn't fit their mold. He was something new, something different. He was wanting to take people back to the truth. You see, the gospel is actually simple. Serving God is not as difficult as people think. It's what people add and put on it that makes it heavy and laden. So Jesus is saying, listen, you don't understand. There's new wine, but the wine's not the problem. It's the wineskin that's the problem. The wineskin doesn't, it doesn't fit. It's going to break. You can't fit what God is wanting to do into that old wineskin. That way of thinking, those traditions, those religions, they do not support the new wine. Are you with me? You see, the Bible tells us something. Watch this real quick. Are you guys okay? In Colossians 2 verse number 8, it says this. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. You must understand these kinds of traditions and religion of that time didn't suit Jesus. They didn't recognize him. Something had to change in those people, that, 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 those religious people. Something had to change. They had to be open to him. They didn't recognize him. And because they didn't recognize him and because they weren't open to him, they didn't, they didn't touch them. He didn't touch them. They weren't able to receive him. They weren't able to be changed. Are you with me? And God is wanting to always do something new. You see, back then, the Pharisees that were trying to fit Jesus into the mold and couldn't do it, ended up missing what he was doing on the earth. What happens is with the disciples, Jesus goes back to be with the Father. He sends his disciples to the upper room. And even in the upper room, they are crying out for God. They are seeking the Lord. And the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. And that place was filled with the Spirit of God. And the Bible tells us they all began to speak in new tongues. As soon as the people saw it, this is what they said. They started accusing, they started accusing them of being drunk. Peter gets up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. Why? Because the wine that they'd received was from heaven. And they had become, listen to me, they had become a new wineskin. They had made themselves open and available and ready for what God was about to do. Are you with me? 
we must be very careful that we never limit what God is wanting to do based on our own traditions and religions. Are you with me? Listen. What God did 25 years ago was wonderful. But I'm here to tell you that He's about to do something different. Listen. Worship may not look like it did 25 years ago. Stop trying to make today's worship look like yesterday's. God is about to do something new. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, what about this and what about... I don't even know what it's supposed to look like. All I know is what He's looking for. And the Bible tells me that He is looking for true worshipers. Worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and truth. He's looking for a people whose hearts will be open. A people who desire Him. That's what He's looking for. Are you with me? So we have to be so careful that we don't put a mold, a box. And it's so funny because everybody has their own idea of what it's supposed to look like. If God's about to do something new, He's about to do something different. What's important is that we don't limit Him by our own mind and what we believe it's the way it's supposed to look like. Well, you know, on Sunday mornings we sing two songs and then we do this and then we do that and then we do this. We have to be available that God can do whatever He wants at any time. Oh, well, you know, if, if a demon manifests in the church, you must take them out. That's not in the Bible. Oh, well, you know, if someone speaks in tongues, you know, that's the devil. Where's that in Scripture? Where? The problem is that man's traditions, man's ideas have been taught as truth, and it's not true. And what happens is you miss the hour of what he's doing on the earth because we put him in a box. And pastors are the most guilty. God, help us to be sensitive. You see, the thing is, is that most of us at some point in our lives have been a new wineskin. If you've had an encounter with God, if you've truly encountered the Lord, you have been a new wineskin. But where are you now? Are you still open? Are you still supple? Or have you become brittle and hard? And you do not recognize what God is busy doing. Do you know that the church today rejects the Holy Spirit just like the religious system rejected Jesus? And there's nothing, there's no contradiction. Go read Scripture. Don't go on what someone said. Go read it for yourself. But read it slowly. Because you're going to miss a whole lot of stuff if you don't. You see, it's not about how many chapters you read a day. Read one verse that can change your life forever. If you read it with an open mind and be led by the Spirit. Truth. You see, Jesus didn't change anything in Scripture. He didn't come to teach a new thing. All he did was revert to the truth and he broke the traditions that were implemented primarily by men that caused people to turn away from God. Man, do we not see it still today? Young people are looking for a church with power. They read in their Bible about a God that parts an ocean. They read in their Bible about a God that heals the sick. They read in the Bible about a Christ that comes and sets the captive free. We have to see it in the church today. It has to be present in the body of Christ today. Amen. But the problem is it doesn't suit your box. 
doesn't suit your, what you think it's supposed to look like. So Jesus is saying, listen, there's a new wine. What kind of wineskin are you? So what I did was I went and I had a look. Is there any way to make an old wineskin new? And I did come across quite a few things and, and all the commentaries were pretty much in agreement. There are two primary things that an old wineskin needs to do to become new. The first thing it needs is it needs to be washed. It needs to be soaked in water. The Bible tells us that we should be washed with the Word. So the first thing is all the traditions and all the ideas and things that you've been taught, make sure they line up with Scripture. Because the very beliefs that you have and, and aggression that you have about how strong you feel about something that simply isn't Scripture must come down. Because it's not about my way. It's about His way. Amen? That's the first thing. And the second thing, man, I like this. What they would do is they would take the wineskins after they'd been soaked, and now they were not as hard anymore, and they would take oil, and they would begin to rub the oil into the wineskins. They would begin to rub and rub and rub and rub that oil until it began to become flexible again. You see, in this dispensation, there is no other way. You need the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about the anointing. The word anoint means to smear, to rub. You need to rub against God. You need to seek the Lord. Listen, in the world today, there are all kinds of voices coming at us with all kinds of ideas. Some of them sound great, some of them not so great, and some of them really bad. But what I want to hear is I want to hear His voice. And the way that we hear His voice is to be obedient to Him. You see, you don't need a teacher because He will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. But listen, don't tell me He's teaching you if you don't spend a minute a day with Him. Well, you know, I have the Holy Spirit. He teaches me. Brother, you, when last did you even pray 10 minutes, man? If you have a relationship with God, it's based on being and spending time with Him, getting to know Him, become, beginning to know His voice. You want to become a, you want to become a new wineskin? You have to spend time with God. You have to spend time in His presence. You have to draw near to Him, and that's how we begin to change. And the traditions fall down. Listen, there are, there are many types of traditions, different churches. I don't want to get into all of that. But listen, there are not, you, there's not you hail this and all this and do it this way. And if you don't do it that way, listen, where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say that in Scripture? Well, you know, if you do this sin, go to that saint. What, what, are you, what saint? There is no saint that can save me. There is only one way to be saved. There is only one that I pray to. There is only one way to the Father. There's no other way. Don't let tradition, religion destroy you. Listen, how do you know if you're on the right track? You'll know by the fruit. If your children can't see God in you, He's not there. Oh, I need to say that again. If your children can't see God in you, He's not there. That's why when we fall short, which happens to us all the time, by the way, we go to them and we say, listen, that's the old man. See, my wife is feeling very guilty right now. <laughs> Teach your kids 
that they don't have to be perfect. Teach your kids to be in love with Jesus. You see, that's what Jesus wanted, to sit with the outcast, to sit with the broken. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. God is about to do things on the earth, church, and we may not necessarily agree with the mold. What's important is that it's the Holy Spirit and it lines up with the Word of God. All our ideas of what it's supposed to look like, out the window. Amen? Amen. Unfortunately, so many people have been bound, and that's the true That's the true word for it. They have been bound by tradition. And I'm not against tradition. There are some wonderful traditions. But a lot of traditions are optional. God's not interested in your tradition. He's interested in your heart. On the day of the Feast of Tabernacles, when everyone was doing rituals and traditions, Jesus comes out and He cries out. He says, if anyone thirsts, Let him come to me. He didn't say, don't go. It's not about the traditions. It's not about what they're doing at the temple. If you need to be saved, come to me. If you need to be delivered, come to me. If you need to be healed, come to me. Why do we make it so difficult? Amen. What must I do to be saved? Only believe and give your life to him and confess him and truly begin to serve Him, and you will begin to change. Amen. Let's get ready for what God is about to do on the earth. I'm telling you, we are about to see the church's finest hour. The finest hour is yet to come. The latter rain will be greater than the former rain. And enjoy Enjoy the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you know how fortunate we are that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit? Joy, peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You're going to get it nowhere else. All the other stuff is temporary and it actually isn't even real. But in Him, you find real peace. In Him, you find real love. Amen. 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 Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning in this place, we are so grateful. Lord, I, can, I, can, I, I don't believe there's a single person in the room that has not at some point thought that our ideas are better than everybody else's. It's times like this that I begin to understand why Paul made a statement, I preach Christ and Him crucified because that's the power of God. Out of that will come life, deliverance, healing. Father, so many of us have been bound by all kinds of customs and religion and tradition. And Lord, we love a lot of those things, but Father, let it never become a burden to anybody. And I pray this morning, Father, that you who came to set us free, who came to give us life and life more abundant, would flood this place this morning 
And Lord, let not one person leave this place today under bondage, feeling guilty, feeling trapped, feeling lost. But rather, Lord, let them be like those tax collectors and sinners and, 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 and disciples and Pharisees that made a decision to follow you. And then their lives were changed. So Holy Spirit, have your way in the life of every person in this place. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I have been like that. I've been stuck in religion, but I want relationship with Jesus. Maybe you like one of those tax collectors or sinners that your life hasn't been right, but you want to come and sit at his feet and your life must be changed today. Or maybe you're sitting here and you just, like I said, have been bound by all kinds of religion rules, regulations, and today you say, I just want Jesus. I want to give my life to Him. I want to give my sin, my, my, my pain, my hurt. I want to give it to Him. I want to serve Him with my whole life. If any of that stuff is you this morning, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless 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 you, sir. Thank you. God bless you in the back, ma'am. God bless you. Many hands going up. God bless you. Once you've raised your hand, please put it down. Raise your hand if you, if you want to be included in this prayer this morning. Thank you so much. I see you right in the back. God bless. I see you in the back. Thank you. God bless. Another one far in the back. God bless you. Another one in the back. God bless you. Another one in the back. God bless you. Thank you. If you say, Pastor Alex, that's me. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Just raise your hand. I'll include you. Don't stay bound. Religion is not religion. Religion is love, guys. Serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what it's about. If you say, Pastor, I need to be free. Quickly raise your hands. I'll include you. God bless you. Thank you. Right in the back. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Last call. Anybody else say, Pastor, include me. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Man, the presence of God is here this morning. He is on the move. Let's all stand. Come, everybody stand, please. Just for a moment. We're almost done. A lot of people raise their hands. Listen, if you raise your hand, we're going to pray a prayer. And everyone in the building is going to pray this prayer. Don't pray it religiously. Pray it from your heart. Every time I say these words, I mean them with all of my heart. But if you are here and you raised your hand this morning, pray this with all that is within you and be free, be set free this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. Be set free and be made whole this morning. Amen. Church, let's all pray. If you raised your hand, pray with your whole heart this morning. Say, Father, come on louder, everybody. Father, I come to you this morning. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Write my name in your book of life. Now take my life, Lord. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. God is so good, guys.
Come on, let's give the Lord a big shout of praise in this place this morning. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you have given your life to the Lord for the first time, please go to the welcome desk. We would love to meet you and get you connected. Church, thank you so much for coming out. I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you today, that His love and His favor follow you throughout this week. We love you. Have a great day tomorrow off, and we'll see you next week. Amen.